mindfulness mode. What might that unlock for you in your life? Welcome to Mindfulness Mode, and today we're going to be talking about leadership, and I have a guest with me who has become a friend because I've had him on twice before, and he's just a fantastic guy when it comes to leadership, when it comes to school leadership particularly. He's so knowledgeable. He does workshops, he does all kinds of events and training, and and helps people with coaching if they feel like they're struggling. And he's got a new book about this topic as well, which we'll be talking about. So I'm really excited to tell you that I have Danny Bauer with me today. Hey, Danny, are you in mindfulness mode again today? Bruce, I'm prepared. I am in the mode. That's great. Well, I've had you on the show twice before, so we've talked about what mindfulness means to you before. I've had you on episode 717 way back in 2021 when the episode was called Making a Ruckus in Education. And then I had you in 2017, (laughs) (laughs) and that was episode 185. So Mindful Tribe, if you want to go back and listen to a couple of those interviews after you listen to this one, you know, go ahead. You can just type Dan's name into the uh, into the search bar on the website, Daniel Bauer, B-A-U-E-R. But Danny, you've got a new book called, uh, well, let me say what it's called right here. I'm, I'm just looking at my notes. And your new book is called Build Leadership Momentum, How to Create the Perfect Principal Entry Plan. So tell me about your goal with this new book. Yeah, so there's a couple of goals. Uh, the first one being, you know, we were talking in the pre-interview, um, Dan Sullivan has an idea called Who Not How, right? And I don't know if the uh, the Mindful Tribe can relate to this or not, but I have so many ideas I want to put out into the world, not enough time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm I'm wasting time. It's just time is a constraint. It moves quite quickly. And uh, there's more to accomplish. And often high performers, you know, they get the idea and then they think about like how to accomplish a thing. And Dan Sullivan says that's the wrong way to think. And his really provocative ideas, instead of, you know, you get the idea, you get the goal, the project. Instead of saying, how do I do this? He said, who can help me do this? And that's a really interesting, you know, paradigm shift. And so for me, you know, one one goal for me was to create more practical resources for a modern day school leader where they can read it and get a result quickly. And so when I partnered with my co-writer, Ariel Curry, you know, I sort of framed it up as can we create very focused, very short books, digestible, like 60 to 90 minutes in terms of taking Um, the time to read. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the time, the reader can implement the ideas to get the result. So really, I tell people, right, give yourself a block of four hours, read the book in 60 to 90 minutes, and then take the rest of the time to actually create that entry plan. And you're done, right? So no fluff, it's right to the, you know, right to the nuts and bolts of creating the entry plan. And then, yeah, so that was goal one, um, the who not how piece. And then the second part of kind of already alluded to, but creating more practical resources for school leaders. And so for me, you know, that's what it was all about. That book came out uh, in the summer. So principals had time to prepare for the school year. 
And we have another book that will probably be out in October sometime, uh, or at least November. And that's on how to create a three-year vision, what I call a remarkable vision uh, for your personal life, your family life, and your school life. So that'll be coming out as well. And Ariel and I have scoped out four books that we can at least write and complete in 12 months. I don't know that I'll release them all. It's a lot for a reader. But anyways, we're going to have all these great material. Wow, that's fantastic. And your website is Better Leaders, Better Schools. And I certainly, certainly agree with you that if we do have better leaders, we'll definitely have better schools. And I think there are a lot of leaders struggling out there. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I mean, leadership in any context is challenging. And part of part of it is that you're signing up for the challenge. Uh, but at least here in you know North America, U.S. and Canada, uh, it's become very political as well, right? And so um, just the just the pressure that school leaders specifically are under these days and what they're experiencing is really really tough. And enter mindfulness and meditation because that is you know one tool that a school leader or any human being can use to sort out all that challenge. To be honest, yeah, yeah, definitely, yes. If a if a school leader develops a practice of meditation, it absolutely can help every aspect of their job. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Can you tell us a story of a school leader you've worked with who maybe came to you, got coaching, or maybe you worked with them in a workshop sort of thing, and as a result, they just really had some transformation happening in their leadership. You know, what I would say, um, there's there's two stories I'll tell. One, uh, I want to highlight a leader that I work with in Northern California, Demetrius Ball. And I forget the exact name of the room, but it's kind of like a reset room. But mm-hmm. it's a place where actually staff and students, any human being on campus, uh, if they're just all wound up and they need some space to decompress, there's like this very like just zened out, you know, calming space with all sorts of things that people can get into, one of them being mindfulness and meditation. And he's seen that bring the temperature down on campus, right? And actually increase uh, the quality of relationships and trust on campus as well. Um, And students certainly feel a lot more seen and heard uh, by the adults on campus because they have that space. The second quick story I wanna tell, it was really fun for me, Bruce. I I hosted uh, a live event in Denver uh, this past July, I was I was helping leaders optimize their leadership. It was called the Leadership Optimization Compass. And there were a number of parts to it, but one of them being sort of self-awareness, mindfulness, and that kind of thing. And uh, as you know, I've joined a, a two-year certification program uh, to become a certified mindfulness meditation teacher. And, mm-hmm. and part of that experience is actually starting to teach, you know, a practicum experience and sharing, you know, what we've learned and, in, in, you know, giving this gift of mindfulness to other uh, folks. So imagine 54 school leaders, right, at an event, doing the hard work of, of, of leadership optimization. And then one of the sessions being a quick talk, 20 minutes on basically what mindfulness is and its benefits, and then a 15-minute guided meditation. And to be there uh, in the environment, doing this for the first time for, you know, what I would consider, a, this is for me, the largest group I've ever led in mindfulness and meditation. 
it was such an electric sort of experience and so satisfying. Um, but what was interesting was that for many of these leaders, uh, they said, this is actually the first time ever I've meditated, Danny, you know? Right. And so that didn't necessarily lead to a result yet, but it opened a door, right? And mm -hmm. it showed them a tool that they didn't realize that they had just yet. Uh, and so I'm just excited for the future of what may come out of this. Um, I know I'm going to do a lot more guided meditations, right, with my people and offer that. Uh, but this is just the start, and I am thrilled. Well, that's really, really terrific. And I'm just curious about if someone attended a conference like that, what else would they be doing besides the meditation? What else would be a component? Yeah, so that was one session. Um, of course, you know, what's funny is my business coach says, if you want to have a great event, just you make sure that it's in a cool place with the best food that you can afford. And uh, so people kept on commenting how awesome the food was, but that was by design, right? Yeah. Uh, and so outside of that, you know, of course, there's many, many sessions where we explored uh, leadership. But I think, you know, something that I do that is different than many other live events, uh, I think about what doesn't work for me at live events, and then I go and do the opposite. And so, uh, actually, over two and a half days, there were only a handful of sessions, right? Mm -hmm. And I really value depth and taking action versus learning a whole bunch of stuff and maybe using 10% of it. So there there actually wasn't that much uh, sort of talking uh, and workshop aspects of it. Most of the time was here's very practical tools. I love to create tools to make a complex job simple. And then I love to create just plenty, an abundance of space where people can implement the ideas and network with each other. And, you know, my bread and butter, my first bestseller is all about this concept of, of a mastermind, which is pretty familiar in, in the business industry, uh, in the business sector. But in education, I actually introduced it right to our industry. And so basically, I mean, if, if this is a new um a new idea for the mindful tribe masterminding is really just bringing together uh, an incredible collective of human beings where they are invested in everybody else's success and so you bring your number one challenge to the group and then there's a protocol for sorting sorting your challenge out and all of a sudden you have just many more uh, options available you see things that you never would have seen before and you probably feel a lot more um confident and encouraged because you realize I'm not the only one. Just like me, these leaders struggled too or had the same questions. Some have figured it out. Some have failed at it, but I could learn from their failure. And it's really a beautiful gift. So there's tons and tons of time for implementation, networking, and live masterminding. And then the last piece, because I am the ruckus maker, the chief ruckus maker, right? So yes. I like to do things differently. Uh, I can't think of another education event that, for example, includes adventure in their in their conference experience. So we've hiked mountains. We in Denver we went whitewater rafting, and now in 2024 the plan is to go out to Moab, Utah. We're going to teach on confidence, and then we're going to rappel down canyons in Moab. And wow. that's really going to push me out of my comfort zone, Bruce, because I actually am afraid, like, I don't like heights, right. but I'm teaching on confidence. So I'm going to yeah. practice, like, how do we build confidence? We can do hard things, especially together. So it's going to be a good event, I think. 
It sounds like it's going to be fantastic. Danny, what's changed in education in the last five years? What do you think the changes are that leaders are experiencing? Uh, I mean, there's a lot. Like I I mentioned, the the, the politicized nature of things in at least down in the U.S., I'm sure like Canadians and our international listeners are scratching their heads when you see folks like banning books, right? Or not, not teaching history accurately right um i i think it's a real problem to not acknowledge the wrongs of the past it doesn't make the united states a bad country right now right um but you learn from mistakes and they say you know the the worst part of history is like history repeats itself if you don't learn from it so i i know in those states where that's happening the banning of books or the what they call the whitewashing of history that mm-hmm. is a huge tragedy. It's gonna it's gonna have some very negative consequences. Um, yeah, I'll just let's let's stay there for now. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot, yeah. but yeah, for sure. Yeah, it must make it very challenging for you when you're dealing with school leaders from all these different states where some of these things are happening. But nevertheless, yeah. you're pushing forward and you're teaching leadership and you're making it available at your website, Better Leaders, Better Schools. So I know that before we jumped on, you mentioned that there's an app that you wanted to share. And what's that app that you were thinking of that you would share with our Mindful Tribe followers? Yeah, for the Mindful Tribe, I know you like to ask your guests about those apps. And I, yeah. I've used a number over the years. Uh, the one I've stuck with the most is uh, the Waking Up app um, mm-hmm. from Sam Harris. And, yeah. you know, the reason why uh, he brings a really diverse and robust group of mindfulness and meditation teachers to the app. And he has just like really interesting conversations. Um, yeah, about that topic. And so I, I I find it as the one that really empowers me the most and uh and, and sort of waters this plant, so to speak. Yeah. Well, Danny, I'm curious. I know you do all this work on leadership and you mentor so many people and you're, you're running this business, Better Leaders, Better Schools. What else do you do in your life? What are you doing for fun? Yeah, Bruce, I love to hike. So um, my, my puppy, Alba, is sleeping under my desk as we're recording right now. Oh, nice. Uh, but that's, that's one of the things that I do for fun is to take her, you know, I'm in central New York, uh, the Finger Lakes region and Ithaca is about an hour away. And so there's a lot of, lot of hiking to happen. There so many waterfalls that you could see the Adirondacks are only three hours away. So, you know, getting in mountains or out on the Hills, that's something I really enjoy. I read, I'm a nerd, so I just love to learn, you know? So, but I've been pushing myself right to read fiction and that kind of thing. And honestly, meditation's fun. I really enjoy it. And so, um, you know, I didn't know if you'd ask me this question or not, but like you may ask guests like, where's where's your favorite place to meditate? And they might say the ocean or a mountain and, you yeah. know, these kind of things. And I, and I love meditating in nature. I love meditating in my space and I've created a environment that's conducive to it. But one of my favorite places to meditate is an airplane. Really? Seriously. Yeah, because for example, you know, Flying New York to California, that's a long flight. Flying from New York to see uh, my in-laws in uh, the UK, that's a somewhat long flight too. And what what a great way to use the time, just meditate, right? 
And so uh, I might download some of the guided meditations that Sam has on the app, or I could just, you know, free flow, right, um, by myself and investigate experience or follow my breath and that kind of thing. And uh, I find it, it makes it makes the flight so much fun. <laughs> and and I almost wish that it would go a little bit longer because, <laughs> you know, it it's almost like a forced retreat if you choose, right? Yeah. Uh, because think it. about it. A lot of folks, I think one of the one of the hardest part besides figuring out what is mindfulness and meditation, you know, some folks might have the objection, I don't have the time. If you're on a plane for six to seven hours, you got the time. You have plenty of time. So yeah. I'll meditate for the majority of it, and I love it. <laughs> well, I, I haven't heard anybody say that before, but I feel that way too. I, I hear people talking cool. about how frustrating it is if they have to wait for flights or flights get delayed and traveling yeah. is so stressful, but traveling doesn't have to be that stressful no. if you take that different attitude, does it, Danny? It's a choice, right, Bruce? It's a choice. Yeah. And that's one of the things as my mindfulness meditation has gotten deeper, realizing the experience of life is going to happen no matter what, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So how I relate with what is happening is totally my choice. Doesn't mean I do it right all the time. You know, I mess it up quite a bit. But then there's times I surprise myself and I'm like, holy smokes, like, look at me in this moment. Like, it, it's working. You know, this plan is working. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, it's great that you're working with a new coach and that you've got this two-year program you, you're involved in. Has there been a pivot that you've experienced right away as you joined that new program? Are you sort of taking a different focus on the world? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the program is called the MMTCP program. Uh, who knows, a mindfulness meditation training certificate program, something like that. Right. Uh, it's taught by Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock. And mm -hmm. I've heard them both talk about the the program years ago, uh, but it it just wasn't the right time for me to join. Right. And so the 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 biggest pivot or epiphany or you know aha um, was actually in doing the prerequisites, right? One of the prerequisites was to take this course called the Power of Awareness. And the I let me just be, can I be candid? Is that okay? Yeah, totally. Um Taking the power of awareness, I was super unfocused, right? I remember like what part of it is virtual. So there's there's already some challenges there. But I remember just being distracted like on different apps and whatever while the while the teaching about mindfulness and being present, right, uh, is happening. And so I think that's funny these days when I reflect back on it. But the other prerequisite, which is very wise for uh, Jack and Tara to include they challenge, you know, students, you're not going to start the two-year program until you've done a, a six-night, seven-day silent retreat, right? Okay. So here's here's Danny that's distracted, taking the Power of Awareness course, um, meditating most days, maybe 15 minutes, something like that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Dropped into seven days of silence. Wow. And, Tell us about that. You know, it was really... A tremendous experience, life changing for sure, and and literally all you do is is be silent and meditate. Um, there's a, there's like usually some morning instructions how to approach the day that there were three teachers that would share that, mm -hmm. uh, and so you go from sitting meditation 30, 45 minutes of sitting meditation to 
a movement meditation, which might be like Qigong or like walking meditation, which I used to super judge. And now I love, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, then from there, you go back to sitting meditation. You, you know, you would eat mindfully. Uh, you would have work meditation. And I I had to clean a bathroom for the whole week, right? Right next to the okay. dining hall. So, but learning to to clean mindfully, right? And then back to sitting and walking. And then there's a Dharma talk, you know, in the evening where to help you take your practice a bit deeper. Uh, but the biggest life change, right? The punchline of this story, and I was telling you before, you know, my, mindfulness and meditation was, a, I would consider it a hobby prior to this seven day silent retreat. I signed up for the two-year program because I knew it'd be of service to, to school leaders, busy and stressed out school leaders. Uh, but I didn't realize the gift that it would be to me. And yes, I wanted to deepen my practice. But the insight, you know, was that it's not a hobby. Mindfulness is the operating system. It's like, it's everything. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, that, that was a world-shifting perspective for me. It really is everything. I think that's fantastic that you did that. Did you ever have any doubts while you were doing that? Did you think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it through these seven days. It's just, I just can't do this. Or did, were you just able to just move through it without those kinds of doubts? So are you asking, like, was I etching into, into my room? Like, a, like I was at a jail cell, like <laughs> five days, six, got just 24 more hours. You know, the, the, Interesting thing with like a seven-day retreat, um, and I don't know if it would happen in a shorter one, but what you realize is with each time you sit or do walking meditation or the seven-day experience, it's just a microcosm of life, right? So mm -hmm. there's times that we doubt ourselves, like can we do it or whatever, but something that you learn in mindfulness, right, being aware that things just change and you don't control that, right? Right. So the fear, the worry, the concern might be there and it's normal, but the trick is, do you grasp onto it, right? Do you cling to that thing or do you sit and watch and be like, huh, look at that. I remember I was, I was telling my, um, my uh, sort of like mindfulness coach that's in the program, mm -hmm. uh, Tina is her name. But, you know, the other day there was something that just really stung, you know, it was a personal sort of tragedy I was wrestling with and it hurt Bruce like it really mm -hmm. really hurt to the point of tears I mean I was really in a deep sense of sorrow and so I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate because uh, I just need some time to unpack so you know I sat down and um, I was looking at these candles that I have and uh, focusing on the breath feeling the pain you know sort of investigating that and then somewhere, and this is only in a span of 15 minutes, I started hearing this like this chirping, and there was more chirping. And I know, because I have these trees right outside my house, I know it was a, a mama bird with her baby birds who probably brought dinner home because it was the evening. Right. And also the sun was coming down. So it was just a really beautiful setting. But then, you know, I noticed how much joy and like love I was experiencing observing this the birds, right? Does that, are you following that? And then all of a sudden the birds weren't there anymore either. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it was just like, oh, these things that we think might 
change, you know, the world or end our lives, or it's just so bad and so terrible, it doesn't ever stick. It's just a moment. And if you can be with it and sit with it, something new is going to arise. And that good thing too, isn't going to stick around forever either. And so, and then that gets just, you know, into deeper questions. Well, what, what what's going on here? Um, and, you know, uh, in terms of observing who is the observer and all this kind of stuff, but it was just, that's a gift, you know, that's a gift for me. So um, you can't control the flow of experience, right? Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. With so many school leaders struggling these days, how do you get the word out? How do they find you? Well, my podcast is almost as popular as yours. <laughs> it's, it's, it's done pretty well, right? It's done pretty yeah. well. Uh, it's done really I can, well. I can't confidently you know, say it's not bragging if it's true, I've heard. So Better Leaders, Better Schools uh, has been downloaded over 2 million times, and it wow. ranks in the top 0.5% of all shows worldwide. That's, that's the bat signal, so to speak, right? So for sure, it's been the podcast, but I really have enjoyed it as I've built this brand. I love the idea of marketing. And I, I enjoy writing quite a bit. And so I, I, I enjoy telling my story. But I mm -hmm. also, even more, I think, enjoy telling the stories and the case studies, right, of clients experiencing wins and success. So I'm pretty creative with that and, and mostly use uh, Facebook to put out those stories. And, uh, you know, I've even I've even started an old school print newsletter. Um, oh, so you? that, yeah, that goes to current clients and a few sort of VIPs that I'd like to work with um mm -hmm. but yeah that those are the, the main platforms yeah well great well yeah way to go for keeping that podcast going because so many people listen and so many people connect yeah. even if you don't know that you know that may be in the future that they're going to connect with you but they're listening to you they're learning from you and i'm sure you're inspiring them because i know you inspire me that's for sure thank you bruce i appreciate yeah that. So as we prepare to wrap up the interview, I just want to ask you if you have any final words of advice for our listeners. I'm curious just what, what their sort of seven-day silent retreat experience is, right? And so seven days is quite, quite an intense experience. Uh, and you have to have the, the resources, right, in terms of time uh, and money and that kind of thing to go. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, maybe a first step would be like just a one-day retreat or an evening talk but sure. yeah i'm speaking to the mindful tribe that's thinking of mindfulness meditation as sort of a hobby or something i just do to try to experience peace or be less stressed or whatever mm -hmm. and uh my, my challenge is you know what would it look like to uh yeah take it a little bit deeper and what might that unlock for you in your life right uh it could be pretty cool to find out i think yeah, yeah, for sure. I recommend it. Well, Danny, thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, you just keep up doing the great work you're doing to help leaders. Thanks, Bruce. It's an honor. Always. Appreciate uh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Bye now. 
Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us today. And I want to thank my sponsor, Athletic Greens. They have a product called AG1. And I can tell you that this is a terrific product. It contains 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, and probiotics. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, this will work for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial ingredients. It supports better sleep and better alertness. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science and it costs less than $3 a day. So here's a special offer for you, Mindful Tribe. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mindfulness and with that take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode